0: Hello and welcome to episode 109 of How I Built It. Today, I have Natalie Lussier from Access Ally. And we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Uh, Natalie started out making her own online courses. She built her own LMS, uh, basically from scratch, kind of built on top of WordPress. And then people started asking her for it. They wanted to know what she was using. And like any enterprising young person she decided to make it a product but my favorite part of the conversation is actually when natalie and i started talking about uh, talking to your customer and getting the right features and building the right message for your customers so i want you to uh, pay extra attention to that part i guess there's a little bit for everybody and a lot if you are looking to improve your relationship with your customers. So we'll get into all that and more. But first, I want to tell you about a new podcast I have, a relatively new podcast called Creator Toolkit. You can find it over at creatortoolkit.com. It is around 15 minutes of just me telling you about a particular toolkit to accomplish a specific job online. So recently we talked about the toolkit you need to start your podcast. Uh, in another episode, we talked about the toolkit you need to build your mailing list. And we looked at popular mailing list solutions. So it comes out about every two weeks and we're about 10 episodes in now. So uh, definitely check it out. It's called Creator Toolkit. You can find it over at creatortoolkit.com or wherever you list the podcast. And now I want to tell you a little bit about our sponsors. This season is brought to you by Plesk. Do you spend too much time doing server admin work and not enough time building websites? Plesk helps you manage servers, websites, and customers in one dashboard, helping you do those tasks up to 10 times faster than manually coding everything. As someone who just spent a bunch of time finding the right tools and automations to save myself time, I can tell you that Plesk is invaluable. And you can try Plesk for free today at Plesk.com slash build. That's P-L-E-S-K dot com slash build. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is Natalie Lussier, uh, the founder of Access Ally. Natalie, how are you today?
1: I am awesome, Joe. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: (laughs) Thank you for joining me. Uh, Natalie and I met at Cabo Press 2018, and uh, she builds a tool. I'll let you talk about it, of course, but it was of great interest to me as I sell online courses. And so I feel like this is going to be a very helpful conversation for me personally. But uh, Natalie, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Absolutely. So, I am a software engineer. I started making websites when I was 12 years old. And when I graduated from college after I got my degree, I had this job offer on Wall Street that I turned down to start my first business. And uh, obviously, my parents were like, What are you doing? And <laughs> my, my friends were like, Are you sure? Uh, so, the first business I started was not a software company, it was actually uh, a business where I started selling online courses. And so, that's kind of how I got started in the online courses space and you know at the time there were just a couple of tools, this was almost 10 years ago, to build courses on WordPress. And so, you know, over time I kept kind of upgrading as I found new things and kind of integrating different ideas together. Um, And then I kind of ran into a roadblock at some point where um, the tool I was using integrated with my CRM, which was InfusionSoft, but it kept crashing my host because we were Mm -hmm. trying to do a free course or a free challenge and we had a lot of people visiting Mm -hmm. the site. So um, that's basically when I realized okay, we have a problem. <laughs> There's no, doesn't seem to be a tool that does what I want to do on the market. So why don't we build it? And when I say we, I mean my husband and I because we are both <laughs> <laughs> software people. Um, so that is kind of the beginning of what has become Access Ally. So, Access Ally is Uh, It does membership, it does online courses, LMS, as well as taking payments and running affiliate systems. So, and all of that is integrated with kind of high powered CRMs like Infusionsoft, Entreport, ConvertKit, Drip, and ActiveCampaign.
0: Um, Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it does like the whole kit and caboodle. If somebody's looking for a one-stop shop for everything related to like online courses and memberships, they should check out Access Ally. Is that about right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And the way I think about it is like, you know, when you're starting your business, Access Ally might not be the right tool for you. But if you are, have kind of tried a bunch of different things and you're kind of ready for your like forever solution, if you will, I think Access Ally kind of does everything you might need and also does it in a way so that you can really um, scale as well. So I think that's been, that's been big for our clients too.
0: I really like that saying it sounds like you really know your audience right because uh a lot of people just starting out probably aren't uh too keen on shelling out the the money they need to shell out to do things right so they'll you know you said forever solution i'm in the process of buying uh, my wife and i our first house and we're looking for our starter home right? right we don't quite have the equity to buy the forever home uh so when you said that i i Kind of drew that parallel there.
1: That's a great analogy. Yeah. It's like when you're starting your business, you need to kind of hit the ground running, make some revenue, you know, sell some courses or some programs, and then you can reinvest. And then you'll have the capital to kind of build something that's a little bit more long term um, and that you'll really kind of grow into uh, as your business grows. So I think that's a great analogy. I love that.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's fantastic. And so you, you built this tool essentially out of a need and you said that you were, using things and evolving your process over the course of a couple of years. When it came to doing the research, it sounds like you know what you needed. Uh, What did you do to figure out like nothing like this exists?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I had been kind of around the block. I had used a bunch of plugins and um, I just kept running into different issues. And a lot of times what I wanted to do required a lot of custom coding. And obviously I was fine with that, but then I felt like, I have to maintain this and what if something changes, whether it's in WordPress or other plugins or integrations that I have going on. Um, and I just felt like it was a little bit kind of a risky thing to do. And I also realized that if we were going to create something ourselves, you know, why not create something that was ready off the shelf for other people who are not capable of doing custom coding or integrations and stuff like that. So um, that was a big pain point that we saw in our marketplaces that people would ask us, you know, hey, what tool are you using to do this? And my answer was always, well, I coded that. And And Mm -hmm. so I didn't have a solution for them. And so I knew that there was demand for it. And I knew that if I could make it easy enough for them to use it, if they were not developers and coders, um, it would be a really good option for them. And they could kind of hit the ground, customize it and not have to get their hands dirty with too much coding.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's great, right? And I feel like that's like a programmer's dilemma uh, or maybe missed opportunities, right? Because people ask me that, like, oh, how did you do that? Oh, I built a plugin. Is it available? Ah, uh, no, it's like not really ready for prime time. It's very me-oriented. So, that was really good foresight on your part to to make something that was, uh, sellable, right?
1: Yeah, and we kind of knew that we wanted to do that, but we also realized like we were like, okay, wait, can we actually be good at selling software, supporting it and you know, support tickets and all that stuff? So um, we actually did a smaller product first that we released before Access Ally and um, that's called Pop-Up Ally. And so we released a free version in the WordPress directory and we kind of got, I think like 10,000 people to download it fairly quickly. And we were like, okay, yeah, there's demand for this. Uh, People like it. And then people started asking us for additional features. So we're like, all right, well, let's make a pro version, sell that and then see how we handle the support on that and selling it and making sure that we have all our ducks in a row because we knew that Access Ally would be kind of a higher priced offering. We knew it would be a bigger beast to support. And so we wanted to kind of bootstrap our our way there. Um, And I think that worked out really well. So we released Pop-Up Ally in um, 2014 and then um, Access Ally in 2015. So that gave us a little bit of time, a little bit of money, too, to kind of reinvest into the product and the marketing of it. It.
0: That's really cool. I was actually going to ask you, like, were there challenges moving from selling courses to selling plugins or selling like a this digital product? Because I moved from the services industry. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you are probably familiar with the story. I've moved from the services industry to trying to sell courses. And that was way different than, than what I was expecting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, each each kind of pivot, Required, like digging in and learning a new different way to sell. So, you know, courses, And you know, I was also in the services industry too. So I, you know, used to sell one-on-one that was very easy for me because you could just get on the phone, talk to someone, you know, exactly what they want, what they need, whether you can do it for them. Um, when you switch to an online model where you're doing kind of one-to-many, like a course or a program, you know, you don't, you don't speak to each person individually. So you don't know if you're speaking to them exactly the way that makes sense, or if your course is going to be the right fit for them. So you have to kind of communicate that usually in a video or written format. Um, And then when we switched to plugins, I was still very focused on Uh, sort of like the benefits and kind of the copywriting that I used to have for courses and programs, you know, like, are you going to wake up tomorrow with more opt-ins or, you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, And so I had to kind of reorient towards features a little bit because people do want to know, hey, can this do uh, this kind of quiz? Can this do this kind of um, certificate? Right. So people have very specific needs that they're looking for for software that for a course, you know, they don't have a checklist that they're kind of comparing against so yeah there's definitely some differences and kind of some readjustments each time that we changed what we were offering
0: wow that's that's so funny because I am experiencing the exact opposite of that right now I'm focused on features of the course and like the checklist of what you'll learn and nobody people taking the course aren't like I'm going to spend all these hours trying to learn this they're like this course is going to solve my problem Exactly. that switch has helped me change my copy um for the better hopefully we'll see uh, awesome. And so uh, I, I want to dig in on a feature that you mentioned kind of in the pre-call, uh, which is the concept of the login opt-in, right? So you have at this point, a lot of experience selling both plugins and courses. And I feel like that is something insanely helpful for your customers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we started off um, and kind of what necessitated Creating Access Ally was this free challenge that we did called the 30-Day List Building Challenge. And it was kind of the first time we did what I call the login opt-in strategy. So people would opt in, you know, put in their name and email. They would get a login to our members area. And then every day they would get a video for 30 days, walking them through how to build their email list, how to increase their reach and their exposure online. Um, And so that was kind of, it was a big project. And um, at first it was literally just emails. It didn't have videos in the membership side area. But once we added that, the whole thing really took off. And a lot of people were sharing it on social media with their friends, even at conferences, saying like, hey, you should check out this 30 day list building challenge. Um, And so, so far we've had, I think about 60,000 people go through that um, and it has just been kind of transformational for our business. But the interesting thing is that when we put it inside of our members area, um, people could log in and on the dashboard, they could basically see, okay, 30 day list building challenge. I have access to this. And then they could also see our paid courses and then eventually our paid plugins alongside that. And so that kind of taps into this. got to collect them all kind of Pokemon thing, right? Where we want to like unlock the stuff that we don't have access to. And so we started seeing people buying things like immediately within like an hour or two after they opted into the challenge. And we were like, wow, like this is actually working. And we know that was that was kind of like, oh, it'll look good. But I didn't expect to actually see sales from it. Um, And so it was really cool because it's not it's not pushy. You're not doing, you know, a big launch. You're not sending a ton of emails. You're just kind of showing the menu of what's available and if people want it, they can kind of take you up on that.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. And that's a little bit of a spin on a kind of conventional pre-selling courses wisdom, right? Which is get people on your list and drip them out a lesson for a free course every day and then hit them with the pitch at the end of the the last video and say, "Hey, by the way, in a week uh, this course is going to go on sale and just for you, you get a hundred bucks off or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what we found, especially with the 30 day challenge is that it's a long time to keep people engaged, right? So if you're doing a free course, even if it's seven days or 10 days, by the time they get to the end, they may or may not have consumed everything in the free course. And so they might not feel ready to invest in the paid version or the next step with you. So if you give them the option ahead of time, some people are super keen, you know, they just want to dive into the, the real meat of the of whatever it is you're teaching. So they're willing to invest right away and they're willing to kind of fast track into the paid program. So just kind of giving them that option so that they don't have to wait is really important. And then also what you mentioned about giving them a special price, you can definitely do that uh, within the membership site. So after they opt in, you could say, um, you know, this person just joined, have a special coupon that expires within X number of days, and then you can still show that within the members area too. Wow,
0: that's great. I'm I, it's so funny that we're talking about this because uh, yesterday I was listening to an episode of uh, Smart Passive Income by Pat Flynn. It was an older one about uh, doing a three-day course like we've just been talking about. And I was like, how am I going to do this? Am I just going to like send people videos via email? Like It would make way more sense for them to sign up on my WordPress login page and then they have access to a course that's stripped out. And uh, I mean, what you're talking about reinforces some of those ideas and then reinforces the implementation that I was thinking of. So uh, for those keeping track at home, this episode has already been uh, way, way more valuable to me than, uh, than a lot of conversations I've had or just like thoughts in my head. So uh, thank you for that. I really appreciate uh, your thoughts. Um, so let's get to the title question. We've got uh, Access Ally and then we've got specifically this uh, feature called uh, the login opt-in that sounds like it's a pretty in-depth feature. So maybe we could just talk about how you built that and some of the features that you knew you wanted.
1: Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways you can implement it with Access Ally. And that's kind of the thing with WordPress usually is that, you know, you might want to do it one way, but maybe there's a slightly different way you might want to consider too. So one way that people do is that they'll just create a regular opt-in form on their um, CRM, right? So whether that's ActiveCampaign or Drip or whatever you're using. So you can put that on your website and styled however you want it to be. It's just like a regular opt-in. And then it can just be where people opt-in and then you send them an email um, right after they they, comf- they confirm their email address, for example. And then um, from there, it's an auto login link that immediately takes them to the logged in members area. So they don't have to remember their password or like fiddle around or any of that kind of thing. Um, and so that makes it a really smooth user experience, but they'll still kind of realize that they're in a logged in area. Um, and then also could have them reset their password if you know if you want to do that as well so that's one implementation Um, the other implementation is what we have called an on-demand login so basically similar concept you create your opt-in form um, but then instead of taking them to a regular thank you page we basically take them to an access ally page that redirects to any page you want Um, but by doing that it'll automatically create them and then um, log them in right after they opt in so you don't have to even wait for that welcome email you're basically logged in as soon as As you put in your name and email. Um, And so that's another interesting way to do it. And so you're kind of taken to the first video or taken to the first piece of content right away. Um, And so that's also very flexible for tracking um, affiliate opt ins as well. So if you are using an affiliate link, we can basically say, okay, this person came from an affiliate. Let's add that information to their contact inside of the CRM or inside of Access Ally so that when they make a purchase down the line, we'll be able to track that back to the person who referred them.
0: That is. Fantastic. Because again, the thing that I was thinking through in doing this was having them use an auto-generated password, or having to read that. Like that creates friction, right? And you want to create uh, as much of a frictionless process as possible. Because you, the more steps there are, like there's the theory that people will feel feel the need to complete something they start, but if something is too many steps they'll give up like the 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 number of steps has to be relative to the reward you're getting and so i love that like i'm going to see if there's something that i can get now for my LMS that'll just automatically log in users through a link that i email them because that is so much smoother than than the alternative
1: yeah. And that kind of came from us doing it the other way, where we would send people like a password and say, good luck. And then we would get a lot of support requests saying, my password's not working. How do I reset my password? And we were like, you know, there must be a better way. And so that's why we both that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. And that's like the number one support request that I get from my students. It's not like this isn't working. It's like, I forgot my password or the password I thought I said isn't working. And so uh, I, I love that. Um, so when somebody gets into the login screen, uh, is this a custom design? So if I'm the user, let's say, or the Access Ally user... Um, do I have a lot of flexibility in how I can design that? Do you make recommendations for the way the content should be laid out?
1: Yeah, so we do have some short codes that kind of pre style things. So you basically can just pick a couple different colors, maybe change some wording. Um, and what we've seen that works really well too is on a login page. Um, First, you know, people who are returning and maybe they do know their password will have kind of on one side the login area, and then on the other side, Um, a little bit more information about what's behind the login screen if they're not a member and if you do have a free login opt-in how they can sign up for that so basically if you get to the login page you can just go right away yourself or register if you're not um, a member yet so that has also helped increase conversions and opt-ins for people who maybe heard about it and maybe click through or um, you know kind of just landed there it kind of gives them another option to join
0: yeah that makes sense right because people might just like see this course copy the link to that and send it to someone who's not logged in exactly.
1: and they're not going to be
0: able to see that cost that content that's really cool this episode is brought to you by pantheon starting a new project looking for a better hosting platform pantheon is an integrated set of tools to build launch and run websites get high performance hosting for your wordpress sites plus a comprehensive toolkit to supercharge your team and help you launch faster On Pantheon, you get expert support from real developers, best-in-class security, and the most innovative technology to host and manage your websites. You can sign up a new site in minutes with a free account. You only pay when it goes live. That is my second favorite feature to Pantheon, only to the easy ability to create dev staging and live servers and push to GitHub. It's very easy to set those things up on Pantheon. So you can head over to Pantheon.io today, again, to set up a free account. Pay only when it goes live. Thanks so much to Pantheon for their support of this episode and this season of How I Built It. You said that for you specifically, you had this 30-day challenge where each day, like a, a new piece of it was dripped out over 30 days. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's right.
0: And, and is that something that, do you find that dripping out content works a bit better than just kind of giving that giving it to them all Netflix style?
1: That's a great question. I think it really depends on the content and also on the audience. So, for the way that we had done the challenge, it was like one small action step per day for 30 days. So, we didn't want to overwhelm them with like here's like 50 things you can do to grow your list. We just wanted it to be like, okay, first start with your bio, then, you know, maybe think about a couple places to guest post, then maybe come up with a couple of topics So we really wanted to make it Um, doable. And I think that has worked really well for the 30-day challenge. And then also the way that we set it up was with progress tracking so people could check things off. So even if they are ahead or behind, um, they at least know when they come back where they left off. So that's really good for something that's a little bit longer like that. Um, And so that also gives us interesting stats about where people get stuck and kind of where the the more difficult aspects of the the course or the challenge are. Um, But I think it also depends, right? So if if somebody is super eager, we actually had people ask us if they could just, um, pay a little extra because it was free. Right. So like, could they pay to just get everything unlocked immediately because they were ready to go. So, um, I do feel like there's definitely that, that, you know, gotta have it now got to, you know, I'm excited right now. I, I need to like get moving. So I think it really depends. And then also, um, there's another alternative, which is, sort of progress tracking related. So you could basically have things unlock as people finish, right? So Mm -hmm. that's the other way to do it too. And um, it's another interesting way. And we actually did test that with a different uh, offering that we had. And we actually found that having people have to complete something before they move on to the next thing actually slowed down their progress. So I think doing dripped or giving them everything tends to work a little bit better. That's just from our like small tests with that.
0: Interesting. I'm actually going to anecdotally say that I have found the same thing. I've gotten requests that, because I, you know, I always designed my courses in such a way that you need to know lesson one before you move on to lesson two. So it makes sense that you can't get to lesson two until you finish lesson one. And I have people who want to just jump around the course and see, oh, well, I want to know exactly how this works right now. So I I think that makes a lot of sense. I used to lock down my courses so that uh it was like progress based. Now it's for me it's all open Netflix style. But again, I, I I like what you said about depending on the content, right? You're not gonna go into a college classroom on day one and you'll get the syllabus and you'll see what's coming, but it's not like the teacher's gonna say, Here's all the homework that you're gonna get, complete it whenever you can. Like it's
1: yeah. So, yeah. And there there are also studies, and I think it depends on the topic, like you said. Um, but there are studies that show that if you learn material over time, you actually retain it better. So depending on what you're trying to learn, like maybe it's you're trying to learn a new language or you're trying to learn, you know, a musical instrument or something, then in that case, those courses might be better dripped over time versus something where it's technical or something where you want to just be able to figure it out and like get it going, um, which might be a little bit of a different topic.
0: Yeah, right, right. Just in, just in time learning, I think, is what Chris Badgett from Lifter has talked about. Um, Absolutely, where yes. Where you need something now versus, because again, if you, just to talk kind of education for a little bit, I love this, I love this. Um, if you do drip things out over time, you can now reinforce previous lessons over time. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be really important, right? Because students retain, I think, like 5% of what they learn just hearing it. Uh, once versus maybe hearing it over time versus actually doing it where they retain like 95% of what they've learned. So uh again, I I I really like your approach. I think it's very helpful and it's definitely something that I'm going to be able to apply to my own courses.
1: Awesome.
0: <laughs> cool. Uh so um let's see we talked a little bit about oh first of all, I I'm sorry if I missed this. Is this built on top of WordPress? It is or is yes. this okay mm-hmm. cool. Cool. So Uh, Actually, let's talk about that for a minute because this is a a seemingly pretty big platform um, and WordPress gets knocked for things like performance and feature bloat. Can you talk about some of the things that you did to make sure that users have like a snappy experience?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we, you know, we have a very... um, I think part part of it is because we were using it ourselves. So because we were using it ourselves, we had a lot of people visiting the website. It had to be fast. So some of the things that we did that we saw other plugins were, you know, they would check the CRM every time the page loaded to check if they had permissions. So with Access Ally, we basically store all of the tags that this person has locally on WordPress. So we know exactly what they have permissions for. We know exactly, you know, all the information that we need that's relevant from the CRM. And then um, we also pass it back to the CRM only when, when required. So when there's an update, then we'll send it back. But we don't basically um, try to like maintain this always on kind of a connection between the CRM and, and WordPress. So that definitely reduced any issues that we had with site loading um, and speed. And then the other thing is, you know, a lot of it happens under the hood, right? So we do have some interface elements and some like beautiful things that load code, but for the most part, it is kind of underpinning everything. So that, you know, we can optimize and make sure that that's running smoothly for sure.
0: Awesome. That's, I mean, I love that and kind of making sure that you're only making outside requests when you need to, right? Because that does slow things down a bit. Um, so very cool. So um, you were able to build this really... And and uh, for the listeners, I'm not saying that WordPress is inefficient. I'm saying this is a, a common critique, let's say, of WordPress. So uh, Access Ally is proving that it's not necessarily the case that it's WordPress's fault. Yeah. Um,
1: and I think yeah. another thing about that too, is like, if you are installing a lot of different plugins and themes and things, sometimes, you know, developers might um, load different libraries and different things when they don't need to across different pages, or, you know, even in the back end of WordPress. And so with Access Ally, we try to really stay within our box or, you know, within our little area so that we're not, um, you know, calling a bunch of things or loading extra code that we don't need to. And so, yeah, sometimes we do see those issues with other plugins and things. So we try to keep our code as clean as we
0: can. That's great. And that's a big benefit of coding it yourself, right? Because I, with creator courses, decided I wasn't going to write, like I was going to write as little code as possible. I wanted to focus on the content. And I did a performance test last week as we record this last week. And I I got an F and I'm like, what Mm. in the world is happening here on GT metrics, right? So not just like Google page speed, like this other Mm. one that like I got an outside opinion, right? Or a second opinion. And it's, I looked and, and it was making like over a hundred HTTP requests for different libraries. The image sizes were too big. I thought they were being optimized. I know it's not my host cause I use liquid web. And so uh, I did some digging and I was like, all of these plugins are calling things when they shouldn't loading stuff when they shouldn't. So I was able to do a couple of things to get it down to a B. Oh, and now great. my my weekend quote unquote, my side project is gonna be building a plugin to basically DQ scripts on pages where I don't need those scripts. That's uh it's awesome. just but, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I have the ability to do that because I'm a programmer, but it's frustrating, like you said, that, you know, other plugins maybe won't stay in their lane or won't mm-hmm. check to see if jquery is loaded first before they load their own version of jquery like that's exactly yeah yeah so (laughs) cool well uh that is that's joe's lament for today uh (laughs) uh, so we talked a little bit about how access ally started uh it's you have a lot of great features for that person who needs the all-in-one platform what are your plans for the future
1: yeah, so we um, we you know we have some very specific upcoming releases that are just adding more internationalization. So we have a lot more global customers than we expected. <laughs> so we we have to have like tax compliance for different countries, like the EU, and so that's coming out really soon. Um, and then also just kind of translation options as well. So that's kind of coming on the horizon. Um, and then we're just working to continuously uh, improve the UI and UX, especially when it comes to the checkout experience. Cause I think, you know, that is the point where people make money, right? So we want right. to make sure that that's optimized, that's beautiful, that people have different uh, options for that. Um, and especially kind of using what we've learned, you know, as, as the last couple of years have evolved to keep improving the product. So, um, so those are the big things I would say. And then, um, we're, we're actually growing the team too. So there's like kind of a lot just behind the scenes, <laughs> not just software, but, um, as the team continues to grow too.
0: That's great that I'm congratulations on growing the team. That's always like a hard thing to do and uh, more internationalization. I, I I want to touch on this, right? Because I've, I also didn't really prepare my website for like any international customers. And someone was like, I need this for VAT tax. And I'm like, "Oh, Oh my God, should I be doing something for VAT? Like, I don't understand. So that's just another, another reason to go to a platform where, you know, you have the experts, Working on on that stuff and handling it for you. Uh, I should ask about, maybe I shouldn't ask, but I will anyway. About GDPR, is that something that was that is of of concern for you? Uh, you know, assuming that both of us are not lawyers, uh, and mm-hmm. so nobody should take what we're saying as legal advice.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So that was a really big thing um, when it first kind of started to bubble up um, in our space. And I think that there's definitely a lot of different ways to handle it. And I think it comes down to, um, you know, like some, some different CRM. So basically the way that Access Ally works, especially around passwords, is that, Uh, You know, the passwords are stored, obviously, on WordPress, you can log in, but then also um, in the CRM. So you could do those auto login links and stuff like that. So some CRMs have more GDPR um, friendly kind of encryption for passwords, whereas others don't. And so that tended to be like where we kind of saw a big, you know, a big change in people like, okay, so like maybe active campaign was better and vice versa, you know, different companies kind of reacted differently to the GDPR. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was interesting. And then we try to, you know, store as little data as we can about, you know, customers and clients, and obviously people can delete users. They can, mm-hmm. um, remove information that, that we're storing. So that's not a problem, um, But yeah, obviously, you know, we think about GDPR and we want to make sure that people have um, a good experience. And then along that, you know, we do have payment processing, right? And people can come in and update their credit card on file. Um, So if somebody logs into their account, you know, we always say, well, they can update a credit card, but they can't see past, um, like they can't actually see the full number and credit card details. Mm -hmm. So they can just update, but not, you know, view all the information that might be private. So we've kind of thought about some of that ahead of time, too.
0: Awesome. So, so that brings me to another question then that I'm, I'm pretty interested about. Uh, So you're doing the credit card processing on, on your side. Are you did you have to go through PCI compliance for that, or are you using a third party that is PCI compliant?
1: Yeah, so we integrate with Stripe and PayPal, okay, so cool, um, good, cool. and then also with CRMs like Infusionsoft and Entreport, um, we basically integrate with their CRM um, e commerce systems. Mm-hmm. So, basically, if you have um, like Authorized.net or something integrated with those tools, we would basically process it through the API, but using The Infusionsoft system. So we're not actually running the payment. Um, So that kind of keeps our hands clean in in another way too.
0: Yeah, that's great. uh, Because I will, any like, especially new web developers out there, like that's a cautionary tale. I've had clients who are like, just email us the credit card information. And I'm like, "Uh, that makes all of us liable. And also that's like an insane thing. So uh, if you're going to be working with payments, definitely use something like Stripe or PayPal, or make sure that the thing that you are using has what's called PCI compliance to make sure that they are doing everything the right way. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, and uh, one more note on the GDPR thing is is what you were saying about the CRMs is like so right. Like ConvertKit, uh, like comparing ConvertKit to MailChimp, MailChimp was like for months, like here's everything we're doing for GDPR. And like with ConvertKit, the day before GDPR like went into effect, they were like, hey, so we like talked to two lawyers and I don't know. It's pretty like... <laughs> So we'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like here's a way that you could tag EU people. How that? Right. And I'm like, I mean, I guess if they're I, I don't know. It's all very confusing. I suspect that the EU is probably not going to sue me. Uh <laughs> but again, not a lawyer. Um so we have covered a lot. I have a lot of notes here. A lot of really good stuff, but I still need to ask do you have any trade secrets for us?
1: <laughs> yeah, I always I was like trying to think of what my trade secrets would be. Um, I would say, you know, really listening to our people has been probably the the way that we've grown, and then also, um, so listening to directly to our customers, and then also not listening to people who, uh, you know might not be as connected to our market. So we've had a lot of people tell us that our pricing is too high, that we should lower our pricing, or um, especially in the beginning, we were you know, we had a lot of pink on the website. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we should have, um, you know, it was not very male friendly. So we had that kind of feedback as well. And so some of that, you know, we definitely like listened and made sure that it landed. And we were like, okay, yeah, so there was too much pink. So now we have more blue. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we realized, you know, our pricing was fair. Um, for what we provide. And we knew that we are continuing to improve the product and our customers, you know, who, you know, are the right fit, absolutely love it and appreciate it. So um, just kind of sticking to your guns and then like listening to the customers themselves when they have a concern or when they have um, a feature request that has been huge for us too.
0: That's great. So you're listening to the people who are kind of putting their money where their mouth is and and not the people who just like to give out their opinions (laughs) like candy, right?
1: Exactly <laughs> like cool, I like that
0: oh uh, yeah we're we're recording on Halloween, everybody, so <laughs> that's exactly. the top of mind for me um so I, I will say that I couldn't wear pink like I've got like a darker I've got like that southern Italian complexion, but I've like been seeing more pink on websites, and I've been digging it like I think it's it's a nice color, so yeah. uh you know, that said, <laughs> you know, you clearly know what you're doing, but um those people who said that pink is is not masculine enough I, you know. I don't know. I don't buy that. Um, and uh, again, what you said, what you said reminded me of, I go to Disney World a lot and I he- I will hear people who are like, you know what Disney should do? And then just like whatever is good for them at the time. And I'm like, Disney probably thought about this for more than like the two minutes that you just thought about <laughs> it. So uh, <laughs> I always, I always find that funny. Like people are like, I'm immediately the expert in this situation. Uh right. Awesome. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for your time. This was great. Uh, if people want to learn more, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Come over to accessally.com or if you want to go check out the 30 Day List Building Challenge, that's still available at 30daylistbuildingchallenge.com. You'll actually experience Access Ally because it's built on the platform. So you can kind of play with it, see what it looks like. Um, and obviously, if you have a business and you want to build your email list, that's perfect too.
0: <laughs> Man, That's awesome. So I'm going to link both of those in the show notes, but I'm just saying like 30daylistbuildingchallenge.com, you learn how to build your list and also you get to like trial this product. Brilliant. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Natalie, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, this was great. Thank you, Joe.
0: Thanks so much to Natalie for joining me today. I really appreciate her taking the time and offering her fantastic advice about building out a product and listening to your customer. So my question of the week for you is, how are you going to connect better with your customers? I, for one, am going to actually reach out to them and make phone calls and talk to them uh, voice to voice, person to person, and get the temperature of the courses that I'm offering so that I can offer a better product to them so let me know how are you going to connect to your customers uh, you can email me Joe at how I it or you can find me over on Twitter at jcasabona. all of the show notes for this episode will be over at how I it slash 109 I again want to thank our sponsors for this week Pantheon and plus make sure to check both of them out they are fantastic and great supporters of the show If you want to support the show and you liked this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It really helps people discover the show. And until next time, get out there and build something.